Target is proud to celebrate Black History Month with its first 100% Black-owned or designed collection created by Black artists, designers, entrepreneurs, and team members. This year, find inclusive sizes up to 4X in bold, ready-to-wear collections from Black creators like Sammy B or life-affirming quotes from Rayo and Honey to surround yourself with inspiration. Discover the collection in-store and online at Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure. Shine blue skies, please go away. My girl has found another and gone away. With the wind, my future, my life is filled with gloom. So day after day, I stay locked up in my room. I know to you, it might sound strange, but I wish it would rain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got so badly, I wanna go outside on a lovely day. But everyone knows that a man ain't supposed to cry. Listen, I gotta cry, cause crying, ooh, eases the pain. Oh, yeah. Even his hurt, I feel inside. Words could never explain. I just wish it would rain. Oh, oh let it rain. Rain, <laughs> rain, rain. Wow. Rain. Let it rain. <laughs> I mean, the one and only, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis David Ruffin. David Ruffin, my guy. Love him. Love him down. He reached into that crackhead, that uh, crack dealer's pocket. One of my favorite parts of the movie. Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord. Um, How are you doing today, sister? How you feeling? I am. I am well. I haven't any complaints. I'm safe, and I have what I need. How are you? Muy importante. I feel exactly the same way. Uh, been a good week with, you know, good work happening and good progress going. And so I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for yes. for the quiet times and I'm grateful for the not so quiet times. So that's about where we at. That's about what we do. We have a healthy trash segment oh boy. to get into. Oh dear. Healthy, 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 healthy. So shall we head that direction? Might as well. Might as well, might as well, might as well, oh, might as well. All right, it's time for the basura, 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 cha-cha. Um... Before we get into the Grammys, which, by the way, did you watch? I was sitting in front of the television, floating in and out of consciousness. But I, I did wake up for some moments. <laughs> that I, Wonderful. I, but I cannot say for sure that I have seen all of the things that needed to be seen and or discussed. But I will do my best. Well, we're go- you know, we'll get to those in just a moment. But mm. before we get into... 
the Grammys 2023 had a little update for you all. Uh, thank you to several of you who sent over um, this update to me via uh, social media. So remember, I reported um, some time back in the trash about Bobby Wilson, which was a young nine year old girl in New Jersey who got the police calling on her while she was spraying lantern flies to try to help mm-hmm. the environment by a hateful, nasty old white man. Well, the update is Yale School of Public Health honored her with a ceremony to celebrate her contribution to eradicating lantern flies, uh, lantern flies for the environment. So they wanted her to feel empowered and uplifted and let her know that what she was doing was important and to not let any hating ass old man dim her shine. And so they honored her with a ceremony. And I thought that was really, really beautiful. So, oh no, that's right. Thank you. Of course. Shout out to the good folks at Yale. Um, yeah. Uh, for writing this egregious wrong, encouraging that little girl's spirit of curiosity yep. and and and, and science and a innovation, love of science, a genuine love mm-hmm. for for scientific inquiry and change and solution. Like, but instead, I hope go arrest that man. Put his ass in jail. But let's get to the Grammys. So I made a couple of notes. Uh, You all know that I don't usually tune into the award shows, but I did tune into the parts that needed to be tuned into. Starting with Bad Bunny's opening performance. Phenomenal. He put on for Puerto Rico. I thought it was beautiful. I love that he did his entire acceptance speech in Spanish. The colors, the dance. I just, I thought it was incredible. I love that it seemed like these were not uh, classically trained dancers. These were uh, Bad Bunny's people from around the way. Yeah, man. That's the, and that's what it is. The him, village women. Yes. It was very much given like that is his auntie. Mm-hmm. They are dancing. Mm-hmm. I mean, get it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, get it, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I just thought it was a beautiful nod to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico has endured so much um, as it pertains to natural disasters, but also as it pertains to our government and how dirty they do Puerto Rico from the history. If you Again, if you look at the Jones Act to how it's impacting the island now to so many other um, just systemic uh, it wrongs that that don't benefit the island in ways that they need. I thought it was beautiful to be able to put on that representation and really and really highlight the beauty of the island as well. Real, um, real hard. We have the tributes to those whose lives were lost in the last year. Um, I completely the the year was so long. I forgot Coolio was one of them. Um, Me too. And in that. In that, we also got Quavo's tribute to Takeoff, which was heartbreaking um, because it's just, again, that's just a death that just didn't didn't need to be. It was so premature. All deaths, but really, or so many deaths, but really that was, that was such a premature time. Um, and I felt for Quavo having to perform that type of tribute for somebody that you love so much and feel so dearly about. Um, one that affected y'all know that there is a white man that lives inside of me with a ponytail and a brown leather jacket named Ben. And so uh, one of my favorites, David Crosby of Crosby, Stills and Nash was also another life that was lost uh, that they paid tribute to a key face right now. 
Amateurs. I love Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Guinevere, <laughs> that green eye, like you. Is that Yacht Rock? Lady like you. I don't think Cros- Crosby, Stills, and Nash may have some Yacht Rock tunes, but Guinevere was more of like a... It is giving real uh, Woodstock, hippy-dippy, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We do an acid in the back of a Volkswagen van. Um, Lots of illicit drug use. Yeah, that's more my aesthetic. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> But you know I also love Yacht Rock now. Don't get me started, because I'll, I'll get Summer Breeze. And yes, I love the Isley Brothers version and the original. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's not what we're here for. Um, more Grammy tribute. So yeah, we the the dedication to those lives that were lost. Um, Lizzo, who I you know I'm not a giant Lizzo music fan, but I thought that she did great with her performance. She had you know I love that she sang it. live. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. I I really enjoyed it. You know, I'm not Very one nice. who visits her catalog, but I root for her, and I same. I Very thought it was lovely same, actually. Very well put. Mm. I don't have anything against Lizzo. I think she's extremely talented. Yeah, I very don't, much so. I cannot say that I, um, that I, you know, reach for her songs no. uh, at all. But mm-hmm. that's not because I don't like her or think that she's talented. I just feel like her, I don't know. I'm just in a different sort of space. Yeah, um, Noah enjoys but it. But I absolutely want her to win. I absolutely, I don't think that I'm Lizzo's audience. Is that weird? I don't know. I don't mean to say Noah that. enjoys. I think mm-hmm. Lizzo's audience, cons- it's a range of people that m- that may not be us. And I think that is just fine. Um, but we do and, root but for I Lizzo. I absolutely think that she is. I love everything about no, her. No, we and root I love for Lizzo. All that she represents. Yeah. Yes. That's how I feel about Chloe and Halle. I don't really listen to their Same. music, but I root for them. Mm, you know what I mean? Young people. Yes. Um, the young people, them. The young people, them. The youth them. It was good to see her and Adele. I mean, just having yeah. a good old having a good old time. T- I mean, having a time. They seem to really connect, and uh, yes, I loved her acceptance speech. Not gonna hold you because you know I I'm like yes, get up there and 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 show your ass, okay? Which and I don't mean that in a literal way, um, but. I love that she got up there. I love how she singled out Beyonce. It was like, girl, let me tell you about a time. She used that as an opportunity to tell a story. And also a story of how she's inspired. It was. Okay. And I, too, just know whenever I get my first award, y'all going to see me right up on the stage talking about, I got my fucking Grammy or whatever (laughs) it is. You better believe. And you You know what I will say? I love that Beyonce is genuinely as excited like she was just as excited as Lizzo was was and was just was, jumping and clapping and showing all was, of her back teeth what it showing us her back good. teeth i saw that i mean <laughs> i mean it made me feel good that she was so excited yeah for yeah. you know this um this newer artist to just be celebrating her mm-hmm. or not just celebrating herself like i don't feel like yep. beyonce was like yes give me my points but it was very much like I just appreciate you. I'm proud of you. You deserve this. Yep. Um, That's the energy that that. I took from it. I love that. Because Beyonce started off, if you look, she started off with the like, nah, don't, don't like, don't start. She was like, please don't. Because I think we all have that Kanye PTSD. Like, please leave me out of it. Don't say my name. Lizzo was like, yeah, I'm going to continue on with this story. So like I was saying, I skipped. (laughs) 
the fifth grade, whatever the fuck, my sister came and got me and I went to your show oh, and I was God. inspired and I fucking love you and I got a Grammy bitch and this is, and, and I loved that that turned into a moment of just like celebration between the two of them. It was very, um, it was very Natalie Cole and Whitney from the stage. Very like, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I said, finger point, finger point. So I thought that was just a beautiful moment in black girl history. Mm-hmm. Speaking of black girl history, Mary J. Blige always gets up there and does us right in her very merry way. Um, I mean, we and can we always for count her. on Mary for a thigh high boot. We can always count on Mary to be and, Mary. <laughs> and she's going to show up as herself in every space. And what do I do? Love to see it. Okay. Carry I on. can only be Mary. I can only be. Um, <laughs> speaking of Beyonce from a second ago, obviously we must point out she is now the most decorated Grammy Absolutely. Award winner ever in the all artist. time history, all time. The artist. Okay. Yeah, artist, excuse me. Artist, winner, award, icon, legend. Um, she broke a record last night. She made history last night. And I think that's beautiful. And although she did not win album of the year, which has incensed many people. And listen, I mean, we call things things. It's bullshit. I get it. Like, I know that Harry Styles has a, but we all know that everybody and their mother is still playing Renaissance right now. Like literally it's probably playing in the background as we record this show. So, but it's fine. You know, um, she got she broke history. She she broke a, a, a record that ain't nobody else broke and it not gonna be able to do for a very long time. And she's still, you know, she's still that girl. She's <laughs> that girl. Um Cardi B's dress was a moment in history and in time. I thought it was beautiful. Uh let's see. I'm enjoying her. I'm, I'm enjoying jo- her evolution. I am too. And I'm enjoying like- her evolution of quiet as well. Oh, mm, I mm, mean, mm. it is giving grown. Mm, mm, it is mm, giving. Mm, mm. I respond. I speak when I want to. When okay, I, I want do not have to. to. I do not have to acknowledge mm. all of your commentary because mm, it is mm. what inconsequential. I am over it's here. giving. I have better things to do and more I important things to do. Building yeah. a life mm-hmm. and a legacy for me and mine. Yep. And if you people want to argue down by the you know wherever you argue that's do it amongst yourselves and not mine and i cannot be i couldn't be more proud i'm actually overjoyed to see this um and i and i hope that many many more of us follow cardi in this quest i love of staying out of the comments Mm, mm, it mm, is for mm, the best mm. it is for our personal it is and collective sanity and growth as a people if we would just stop arguing we got to read more books and then captions and comments in 2023 can we all commit to that well speaking of captions uh, and speaking of which and you know books research learning more also slower slower to reacting um Mm. yeah i know that sounds rich coming from me but listen (laughs) you're on a you're on a journey sister. i'm on on a a journey and you know what i'm saying i don't react all the time But I'm going to tell you who did react and looked motherfucking stupid. Christopher Maurice Brown. um, When Robert Glasper won Best R&B Album, he decided that he was going to hop upon the Internet and say, who the fuck is this uh, regarding Robert Glasper? Um, Upon which many of his derelict fans also rode that bandwagon. But we all know that they 
eat Chinese food on a daily basis and rent their computers. I mean, running so over with So that's MSG, not who you want to be li- listening to. Ugh. They don't drink water. Their urine oh, is Jesus. neon green, and that's not from vitamins. Kidneys. Um, kidneys. But he did eventually get schooled in some capacity and had to extend an apology to Robert Glasper in his DMs. Um also, while not, it was a tacky because it, it wasn't a real apology. It didn't take real accountability for him and being a, an mean, asshole. Apologize publicly. You said what you said publicly. So get mm-hmm. out of my DMs with this. Oh, by the way, brother. Yeah. This yeah. No, really don't. First of all, don't brother don't me, do little nigga. Don't brother. Like, right. Like, don't try to make this a systemic thing. And that's what I thought. I was like, this is not taking real accountability because you he was your intended target. You didn't say anything about the Grammys. You said, who the fuck is Robert, Robert Glasper? You didn't say the Academy snubs me and does this, that and the third. You said, who the fuck is Robert Glasper? And then you went and you happened to look up the catalog and figure out all of the different super notable artists that he's collaborated with over time with these I mean black radio experiment one and two I, I could go down the list I love Robert Glasper and you look like a world-class asshole young man um, giving, uh, he has like a really bad case of the only child syndrome he does his mother enables it's, his bullshit though and really, so it's really old and tired yeah he is a parent many times over now he's not a child so at anymore what, at what point are we going to like, you know, stand up and be adults, like thinking rational adults? Okay. Like yeah. at what point? When yeah. is that going to happen? Yeah, I don't. Okay. Because the ages are getting bigger and bigger, Chris. It doesn't look, I mean, from the looks of like what people are we like Talib Kweli, it, it may never happen. Um but back to positive news. Viola Davis is the EGOT. third black woman in history to become an EGOT. Come on, somebody. Come on, Viola. Yes, indeed. Congratulations. I mean, so well Annalise deserved. Annalise Keating. Annalise Keating has come a long way. We are Did. nothing but proud. Widows was and still an just, awfully boring movie, but I love you. I mean, and listen, I'm so proud of you. Everything, everything can't be everything. Listen, okay, but what we will not ever do is deny the catalog of work Absolutely that not. Viola has produced single-handedly. Absolutely not. Um, and she is an icon, a, a legend, legend, a genius, a goat in her own right. And now an and EGOT. We, and now an EGOT. Period poo. Um... Y'all already know what I'm going to talk about last, so I'm just waiting on that. Then we had... 50 years in hip hop history. Did you see, did you happen to see that performance, sister? <gasps> I well, feel like I woke up. It's okay. I have a list for you. Like midway through it. Okay, fair, fair. But I, I don't feel like I saw it from the beginning. I told you I was okay. in and out of consciousness. Please That's okay. Me. Now, I, I, I literally listed, as I was watching, I listed every single person just Very so good. you... I, you just, knew. You just knew. in case. You um, knew that I was going to be like, now who said what? Because <laughs> I didn't watch this in real time. And then I came back to, uh, you know, many comments that were like, oh, my God, I know Jade is watching. And I was like, wow. wow, wow. <laughs> so I had to go back. 
And I didn't realize this 50 years in hip hop history. And I was just, I was, there were so many people that could not, that were not a part, that should have been a part, but there's only so many you can put in 50 years of history. I mean, granted, it's also the Grammys and we know that this is not a space. It should have been its own two hour program. It should have been its own two hour. Exactly. But I digress. We started off with a Black Thought narrating and went into a Mm. performance with Grandmaster Flash with Barsham, Melly Mel, Raheem and Scorpio. Grandmaster Flash, um, uh, they kept on. And then we did Run DMC. We went into Run mm-hmm. DMC, who then transitioned mm-hmm. right over to LL Cool J, who right. Kia and I recently met, took a picture with, and gave me COVID. Um, uh, Jay, allegedly. <laughs> we, we, we do not know that for allegedly, sure. Allegedly. Allegedly, he gave me COVID. I mean, he, not on purpose, <laughs> but he, I, you know. Um, and then we went to DJ Jazzy Jeff, rocking the bells. Yes, for those right. who have, I see that you all have had questions. DJ Jazzy Jeff is indeed a real DJ. I repeat, he is a real DJ. He is oh, not had just Will Smith's friend from the television show. Young people. Um, and then we went to the ladies. Salt and pepper. Now, this is when I woke up. Yes. yes. I remember okay. this. Slid right okay, on over to continue. salt and pepper. And mm-hmm, then Rakim mm-hmm. showed up with Eric B as president. Chuck D and Flavor Flav did Rebel Without a Pause. Flavor Flav <laughs> had Flavor these. Flav is- Still, it's he energy. will never change. He will, energy is still on a thousand. It ain't never, never going to leave. I love it. Um, Black Thought came back in with another skit with LL Cool J that then went over to De La Soul with Buddy. Mm-hmm. Okay, a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, oh, King Scarface came on stage looking like Forrest Whitaker with a verse <laughs> from My Mind is Playing Tricks on Me. I was very pleased. Wrong with my finger on the trigger. Uh, then he kicked uh, it over to Ice T, uh, who then kicked it over to Queen Dana, Queen yes. Latifah with U N I T Y. Who you calling yes. a bitch? Method yes. Man came out. <clears throat> oh, in all of his method madness. And oh, man. okay, M E T H O D man. Oh, Ooh. he gets better with it. Oh man, he. Is it? I mean, Outrageous. I mean, hello. And then you know, mm-hmm. Tristan, even Tristan was over here. Tristan was like, he's like, look at my man, Meth. Meth is up here looking good. He was like, he's coming with the times. He was like, he he don't look like an old nigga in an eight ball he jacket. Don't. He <laughs> I don't. Like, I I appreciate I mean, just, it. I mean, it's such a uh, yeah. graceful age. Yeah, it's a great. Yes, I mean, graceful. Good. What's better than it's graceful? So good. What's better Ooh. than graceful? Um, Method Man is better than graceful. Then we kicked it over to Big Boy, representing for Outcast. Throw mm-hmm. your hands in the air and wave yeah, them like yo. I just don't care with the uh, aliens. Uh, kicked it over to Busta Rhymes, who I was, you know who I was so happy to see with Busta? Spliff. Okay, Spliff talk star. about a hype man career of longevity. Um, he started <laughs> out with Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See and then did the verse of Look At Me Now. We all know he went very fast to show these niggas that he still got it because if between us, between between us guys, between us, Buster Rhymes was up there. I, when he started rapping real fast, his head started turning red and he looked like a hot link. You know when a hot link, it starts to get really hot, it starts bubbling and it might get to the point where it's going. I, <laughs> that's what Buster Rhymes looked like when he was rapping. But he still showed out these young people that he still got it and don't question him. Um, and then I'm we kicked it over to Queen. 
what his oh, blood pressure is in those I, moments. I'd be me, very concerned. Me too, sister. I mean, like, I'm Lord, telling I'm just you. praying that we all don't witness a cardiac event. It was a hot link on a griller in a microwave. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, But we got Melissa funny. who came up next with Lose Control. Melissa. Melissa Missy Mistamina Elliott out of Virginia came out with Lose oh, yes. Control. Kicked it back over to Queen Latifah with a narration and we started to get um, a little bit more recent. Not, not too much yet though because we had nelly come on and do hot and her uh mm-hmm. followed by two shorts blow the whistle burp, burp, burp. Dun, dun, dun. um we had swiss beats and the locks which brought me such great joy with we gonna make it it wasn't long you know, enough I, it, it wasn't was long, long enough. enough i said what is that half of earth what it is was, this? right because then it kicked over to little baby who you know listen i know that we have to start to incorporate the young people but i said Dude. That was far too long for the locks to be cut really? off the way that they were. Like, what's really? happening? I didn't even hear shake. And then, not where I did get hype with the young people, because you know I'm the auntie that goes up for the young people. Okay? You could tell. <laughs> Glow Rilla came out and did FNF, and nothing brought me greater joy did. than seeing Gloria Hallelujah Woods on that stage at the <laughs> Grammys. Talk about let's go. I was very excited for that. I'm oh. so happy for this little girl from Memphis who was just talking about her, her food stamp pizza and she has made like a come up it's out of this and I'm just I'm her. happy to see it. I saw her on the red carpet talking about Merzik. Yeah, you know, I see. It. Yep. Yeah, I like love Merzik scene. Yes. You know, I love the Merzik and Memphis got such a Merzik scene. <laughs> Oh my God! And her her video with Beyonce when she got Beyonce uh, all in her TikTok or whatever the fuck, and she was like, "I love you." <laughs> I love her. I, I mean, love you what? so much. Like, I love you so much. <laughs> when I mean, if you were ever ever questioning whether that child's name is Gloria Hallelujah. So oh, seeing her in that, in that element moment. should oh, have yeah. made all things clear to you. And you know who that brings joy to? Beyonce's country ass. She loves it. She loves that. And all I love of that. Her teeth. All yes. of them. And all then of her back teeth were showing. We closed out the 50 years of hip hop with one last young man by the name of Lil Uzi Vert, which I just have to tell you all, as soon as he walked out on stage, I giggled immense like that his little presence just makes me laugh same you know what i love about him though jade he is going to enjoy himself okay i mean not care it don't matter where he's at worried about what any of you people think not a single soul has on what his hair is given no he is here to enjoy himself and he's going to have what a a time. time. Did you see him talking to the himself? Did you talk to see him talking to those young men on the school bus? And it was yes. just very much like, what are y'all doing? And then just little Uzi Vert, y'all have to go find the threads where they show him just enjoying himself in whatever element. It is he always does this little shoulder yeah. thing. I just want to rock, 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 rock. I just want to rock. I just be like, go ahead. Son. I live Get for your it. Life. Okay, he did that. <laughs> I can see why the little, little city girl goes up for him because he just seems like a he good time. Did. And she does too. She seems like she minds her business. They intrigue me, those two. I I enjoy them. I feel like there's a stability there. They're yeah. just not involved with all of that madness. And don't want to be. And it's just like, mm-hmm. and I love it. I'm here for Over it. There, making money. 
and just, you know, just staying above the fray. So, yes, I enjoy them. I enjoy Lil Uzi Vert and I really loved that they captured from the beginning up until now, even though they couldn't incorporate every single everybody. Like you said, that needs to be a program on its own, mm -hmm. like hands mm -hmm. down. And then lastly, Steveland. Steveland performed. First of all, I cannot say, I not only did I enjoy Stevie, as I always do, mm -hmm. I was a little concerned, Jade. I felt like there was a mm -hmm. lot of times when Steve was by himself. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like there were people there to help him. When he transitioned from sitting on uh -huh, and walked over the piano bench uh -huh. to the, with the with synthesizer the or whatever, playing, mm -hmm. when he trans. I felt like he was out there for a long time and I was on the couch screaming, is anybody going to help Stevie? I was pissed. You know, but okay? I also thought to myself, I said, I, I think he doesn't want help. I think he wanted to make the transition over himself. Fair, but I was, I know that we should not have been, I think it was intentional because the camera panned out and we were supposed to be sort of looking at other things while uh -huh. he got himself situated. But I was not good. I was I like, know. Oh. Well, you know, I watched the performance. And first of all, okay, before we get there, I, you all know that I just, I, grinning like a Cheshire cat, looking like a fool. <laughs> we started off with him and his tribute to Smokey Robinson. And listen, Smokey Robinson is a legend, but y'all know how I feel about those eyes. Um, and we, you know, with the tribute, uh, the way you do the things you do with those young. Now, did you know? Did you know that those children belonged to Wayne? No, I was wondering who they were. I'd heard. I have to confirm that. But I heard that those was his kids. W belonged to, to, to Lil, Lil Wayne. Lil no. Wayne's kids. I didn't see a half That's Asian one up say. there. Well, I don't know if they're all of them. Oh. Well, I have to look it up. But well, I don't know. I'm so That's what I, I didn't see Lauren London said it on Twitter. Either. Now that sounds like that sounds like like confirm that for me when you find out. Hold on, <laughs> but they well the, the who Kia is referring to is there was some there was four duop black boys in the background singing with Stevie when they did uh, the way you do the things you do um, as a tribute to Smokey because he wrote the way you the, he wrote the way you do the things you do for the Temptations, um, and I didn't know who those amazing black children were, but I was Hold just on. so happy to see them. Somebody said it. I have to confirm it. Uh, While you continue to look that up, it then went into a tribute, a uh, uh, higher ground performed with Chris Stapleton, um, which oh, I... Oh, who came to sing as well. Okay, okay. let I me tell you Chris. how I enjoyed that Chris. rendition. People... Like, I Keep said, oh. on learning. Okay, I take it back. I take it back. They were not Lil Wayne's son. They belong to Wanye. Them is Wanye. Those are Wanye's. All four of them are Wanye's children. All of the children, and nobody sons inherited the neck. Very nice. <laughs> sons of Wanye <laughs> Morris perform at Grammys for Motown Medley with Stevie Wonder and Smokey Robinson. I don't know who lied on Twitter and said that them was Wayne's kids. You see, this is why but it yeah, pays to read. The boys' names are Big Boy Chulo. Tavas and Rocco. Black. Tavas. T-Y-V-A-S. Mm-hmm. Say Tavas yes. or T-Vas. Very T black. Tavas. T-Y-V-A-S. T-Y-V-A-S. Tavas. 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 Yeah, these children, they first, uh, 
They're called the Juan Moore. Juan Moore? I hope that. Why you put your name in your kid's group? It's the Juan Moore performers. You guys are kidding me. Meet See, Juan Moore. got on my That's nerves when. That's the name. Why you got name your son right. after you? Juan because Moore? they are talented on their own, and yes, it's clear that you have helped them with their with the doo-wop element because they were really yes. up there doing it. But they are signed to Mary J. Blige's. But uh, we all know uh, Wanye has a has an attitude problem. So Wanye, Juan Moore. Because remember, he tried to get That's sassy funny. about candy with your ass, Honey, and then candy your candy black candy ass. Good. Chill. But yeah, the children are signed to Mary J. Blige's little production label. I shouldn't say little. That was shady. Production label. I'm sorry. Come on, Mary J. Blige with the production label uh, and the yeah, orange wine. production label called Beautiful Life Productions. That She's um, such an auntie. I live are, for her. They are the first They are the first artist that she signed to her label. Which is You know Mary J. Blige got shells and rocks in her guest bathroom sink. And you sink. know that she... <laughs> you know she do. <laughs> you know she do. <laughs> She with got my, decorative uh, she do, with engraved towels. <laughs> folded in a seashell. Oh, man. She got rocks <laughs> and decorative towels folded she do. into the shape of a seashell. She do. And uh, she got eucalyptus. She, and she got that shaggy, that little shaggy thing that's around the, the base of your toilet. And the shaggy one that's on top of the toilet seat as well. She got the cover, the toilet seat cover. Mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige's house. I know it's warm and it's cozy. I know that you can Probably have smell like cinnamon, the, okay, and ribs, and like you can play a mean <laughs> game of spades. Like I just know it's the place you want to be. I just I feel that in my spirit. <laughs> I love everything about it. I but Stevie it. Like, came to Stevie, and let, and I I relish and cherish every Stevie performance and tribute and thing that that we get. Um, in this day and age, because we have we are just losing our legends left and right. And listen, he's lived a life. You know what I mean. And so I just really cherish every time we get we get a performance from him. Like his voice is still strong. We, you know, his his songs still hit. They are classics. They are the true epitome and definition of classics. Higher ground still hits to this day. Mm-hmm. And and shout out to you, Chris Stapleton. I didn't even know who you were, but you really you also did it justice. And I'm I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was the highlights for me for the of the Grammys 2023. I think. I think that's enough. I think, I think that's enough. Share. We have so let us know what your favorite moments were. Who you thought was you know wonderfully dressed? Who could have tried it again? Mm-hmm. You know, we always live for for um, award show season down to getting grown. We love you know to we watch do. with you all. It's a good time. I have to say that when J when J Lo came out oh, to God. introduce that award, present that award, I just was so scared because I thought she was going to holler, "Let's get loud!" At any <laughs> Let's get loud! <laughs> it made Whew. me so. I was so concerned. <laughs> but yeah. Let's journey on into. Do we have a shout out? Let's yeah, we do it. have a shout out. I'm excited to get to. Okay, so I've made a couple promises to myself this year for things that I would like to do for me, you know, for my health, for my my personal routine, just for my personal wellness. And one of those 
is going back to the tried and true warm cup of lemon water in the morning before I do anything else, before I do my latte, before it, before anything else, after my pee, I make my warm lemon water. That is a promise that I've made to myself. In addition to my stretching and trying to read before bed and turning off the TV, my warm lemon water is just a, a, a simple little promise that I've made to me. This new year, how are you changing your routine for the better? Try making a kitchen upgrade you'll wish you had made years ago with LifeStraw Home. It's already gone viral on TikTok twice. It's the only pitcher that removes microplastics, bacteria, and more than 30 other common contaminants from tap water. Not to mention, it makes your water taste way better. You get better filtration, better taste, better design. They even make a hand-blown glass version, which is so fancy and looks so good in your kitchen. Plus, LifeStraw gives back. For every pitcher sold, a child in need receives a year of safe water. So like I said, we use our glass-blown life straw very much at home. Okay, I like to fill up the pitcher. I put it in the fridge when I want a cold glass of water. And then I have, you know, my stuff on the counter when I want a room temp. But what's really awesome is that um, my partner teaches... Uh, and a class he teaches several classes he's a teacher but he does an outdoor class and one of the recommended equipment items is a life straw water bottle he's like we we refill our water bottles all over the place and it's great if the kids are able to be able to filter their water in real time and so I thought that was a really awesome thing use code grown for 15% off the purchase of any life straw home product at lifestraw.com that's code GROWN, G-R-O-W-N, at lifestraw.com. Cartier, Rolex, Gucci, Prada, Jordan, Adidas, Bottega Veneta. At eBay, it's real or it's getting the fake out. eBay's team of luxury authenticators are making sure you never get faked over again. Watches inspected by watch aficionados. Sneakers checked by legit sneakerheads. Handbags examined by handbag connoisseurs. And jewelry in the scopes of expert gemologists. These authenticators are leaders in their field with meticulous eyes making sure your piece arrives as authentic as your style and worthy of your collection. As experts, they know the true difference between a real and a fake. Real carries that rare, distinguished feel, the weight of pure platinum, exquisite scent of togo leather, the tight stitching of a pair of dunks, and the brilliance of real diamonds. So rest assured, your Rolex moves just like a Rolex should, and that colorway on your Jordan Royals will always be on point. The details inspected, the fakes rejected. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay's authenticity guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. This is popping right now, like. All right, we have a listener submission for a shout out this week. Um, and I love yes. it. She put in the subject line, shout out to my sis, in parentheses, husband, LOL. <laughs> she All said, right. hey, Jade and Kia, I hope this finds you well. My name is Danny, and I'm emailing you all in hopes of, sp of spreading the word about my husband's sci-fi comic book series and Kickstarter. I've been a loyal listener since the beginning and appreciate how you all support us as much as we support you. Anthony is the creator and writer of 4 to 15, which started 10 years ago. 4 to 15 is an ongoing sci-fi horror series that explores the trauma of losing parents at a young age and certain mental health themes set in Chicago. 
This series can include some uh, gore at times. In addition, we want to show that POCs can be in this genre and thrive. Agreed. He has self-funded the first three issues and is now looking for help to fund issues four and five by being able to hire an editor and keep on his artists to release more than two issues this year. In addition, we want to build a bigger audience. And so I'm going to put the information in the description box. That's um, that's wildman, W-I-L-D-E man.com. And he's also on social media platforms at Facebook slash 415 the series or Instagram uh, at 415 underscore the underscore series. But all of that information will be in the description box as well as the Kickstarter link. Um, and this is from his wife, Danny, who also says, P.S. My husband forces me to wait until we are in the car while driving to work to listen to you all. I love that. Y'all listen Aww. as a couple. I love that. Um, so I thought I agree with you. I agree with you. First of all, Danny, thank you so, so much for um for sharing this information uh, and Anthony, we totally support you. I think there is such a lane for black people as it pertains to uh, thrill and thrillers and, and horror and Agreed. sci-fi. And I think this is really, really dope. And so if you all are in a position, well, we're going to put that information in the description box and let's spread the word. If nothing else, even if you're not in a position, spread the, spread the word because we are, in all spaces and should be in all spaces right we deserve those lanes for ourselves so shout out to you all um and now we have an awesome kitchen table talk with a really really dope desk to, uh, desk god what's wrong with me today <laughs> guest to get to so let's head over in that direction this week's kitchen table talk is brought to you by the tap of the brown for target vegan food and kitchen collection tap of the brown brightens days like no one else now, the actress, vegan, and social media phenomenon is partnering with Target to bring the world more vibrant, candor, and joy. With delightful everyday favorites for the kitchen and pantry, her latest limited-time collection will bring love to every gathering. Vegan eating isn't boring if you have a little fun with it. Try new and unexpected recipes and experiment with ingredients you've never tried. Whether you're looking for a meatless Monday dinner idea or challenging yourself to a plant-based January, this collection makes eating vegan easy and delicious. Tab says, good food, good mood. The Tabitha Brown for Target Vegan Food and Kitchen Collection is available now at Target and Target.com for a limited time only. Hello and happy Black History Month. Welcome back to the kitchen table. We are excited mm. to welcome a very special guest to get into, uh, we're going to do some deep diving into some topics that are near and dear to our hearts collectively. So everyone, please welcome to the Christian, to the Christian, to the kitchen table. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please welcome to the kitchen table, Dr. Crystal Missy. <laughs> Hi, Crystal. Hello. <laughs> I'm happy to be yes, here. Yes, Crystal is an educator of black and brown youth. She's also a postdoctoral researcher who's studying cultural community wealth. Uh, and she's the founder of Emancipated. Yes, ED. Uh, of, yes, Emancipated. <laughs> the capital uh, ED at the end of Emancipated is is capitalized for emphasis, which is uh, a community of Black caregivers, educators, and researchers who are on a mission to shift paradigms of possibility in decolonizing education. In other words, Crystal is a superhero doing the Lord's work, and we are very <laughs> grateful to have her here 
to drink from her wells of wisdom. Hey, Crystal okay. Girl, welcome to the kitchen table. Welcome hey, 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 Bienvenidos. Happy to be here. We're yes. so happy to have you. I'm ready to get like, I, I was reading up on, on Dr. Crystal before she came on the show. Very, very hype to get into this conversation. Crystal, tell us about <laughs> yourselves. Like, tell us about yourself. I guess I'll go chronologically. Yes. <laughs> I've always been a very curious, inquisitive child. Mm -hmm. um, and my parents exposed me to a lot. Like, they were like, you're 10 years old and want to read Autobiography of Malcolm X? Go on Because <laughs> uh, that's, that's how old I was when the movie came yeah. out. Yes. Um, <laughs> went away to Spelman for college, and that just blew my mind mm -hmm. on so many different came home to teach came home being um the la area because mm -hmm. i was mad about wait learning things all the way in college like why didn't i learn some of these things sooner saw a lot of shenanigans go down in the school not related to my students but like the system surrounding my students mm -hmm. and so went to philly to temple to get my phd in urban education because i wanted to learn this is of course the short version yes. <laughs> learn the all the shenanigans that impact urban education uh -huh. for black and brown youth. And I initially went there like, nobody's studying these things. And I get in and it's like, oh, oh yes. so many people are studying these things. <laughs> nobody <laughs> told me, but here we are. Right. And like, where's this disconnect yeah. between all the dope, I'm only talking about the dope black folks, mm -hmm. okay? You know, we got levels to mm. this. So <laughs> Hello. Where's the gap between all the research that folks are doing and like our lived reality those of us like in the trenches i guess you could say so um really missed working directly with youth so entered the nonprofit world um after my finished my doctorate and that was eye-opening for different ways because this was not grassroots mm. nonprofits. Mm -hmm. this were these were ed reform nonprofits, like neo-colonial <laughs> right <laughs> enterprises uh -huh. that pop up, who have great missions and some of them really did their fundamentals were good mm -hmm. and the people on the ground were handling business. It was just like, as you moved on up, I was like, this ain't, you know, they were using terms like anti-racist before it was the term yeah. de jour. And I'm like, the, the math ain't mathing. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing the things, but I'm not seeing the things. Um, and because I do approach things with inquiry, I'm like, okay, maybe there's a knowledge gap. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't know how to embody and operationalize these things. In what ways can I help? And I was like, oh, okay, there's, that's the case for some folks, but for a lot of folks, it's very intentional to weaponize social justice language mm -hmm. um, for leverage and power and money at the time, but actually do something different. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah, so then I was like, I don't know what to do and where to go. Right. Um, and so re-entered the postdoctoral space, uh, academia, so I can really study what I love, but you know, that comes with its own shenanigans as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we'll get into mm -hmm. this, but was also really stuck. Like, where can I go? Mm -hmm. Literally, mm -hmm. as somebody who's trying to make a difference, embody yes. these principles of liberation mm -hmm. and surround myself with other folks and need to pay bills. Um, I felt really lost for a minute. And I have this book on maroon societies from Richard Price, who's like a anthropologist. And it just happened. To, it's a red book. So it caught my attention on the bookshelf. And I was like, wait a minute, there's actually been a people who have been and are free folks surrounded by these oppressive systems. How does one become a Maroon? And then how does one sustain that community? So that's what where the business came from. Okay. That was a long answer. No, <laughs> no, no, we appreciate it. Yes. I, I would love for you, for those who are, uh, I'm sorry, I have um, 
multiple children of different forms. Um, <laughs> I would love for you to define for those who are who are who are unaware as to what the term maroons um, refers to. Yes. So maroons, I'm going to use present tense since some still exist. Mm -hmm. Maroons are free communities of black folks. So self-emancipated people who ran away from enslavement Mm -hmm. and started their own free rebel societies. That's the key word. Mm -hmm. So they were usually hidden away in swamps and jungles and mountains uh, because they were they were an existential and a real threat to colonial plantation system. Mm -hmm. So all these self-emancipated Africans um, getting together and creating their own societies that were culturally a blend of multiple African traditions. There were often alliances with indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. And of course, depending on like someone's trajectory, there'd be a mixture of some kind of European languages or systems as well within those societies. Thank you. Thank you for defining that. Yeah. We, I almost said mm-hmm. my daughter, uh, we, it, I don't know if they're still in existence, but when she was little, she was getting ready to go to a pre-K called um, Little, Little Sun Maroon People. <laughs> and <laughs> which you can imagine what was happening there. So <laughs> it's very Brooklyn, very, very best style. <laughs> I'm sorry, a little maroon. Some people is what it was called. Thank you for sort of giving you giving us an overview on like your journey, uh, sort of to and through the work, so to speak. If we could kind of go back to that uh, you talked about in college, having that sort of eye-opening experience, mm-hmm. uh, realizing that sort of what you've been taught to that point was limited, incorrect, uh, um, mislead, misleading, all, all of the, the things mm-hmm. that we could talk about. Talk a little bit about that, because I think that that happens to a lot of people in college, uh, or even in like sort of the, the years, like, immediately following your secondary, like when you enter sort of into real world spaces and start to deal with sort of real people um, who didn't grow up in your town and seeing the same things and and doing the same things as you. Tell us a little bit about that moment um, in your life and how that sort of set you on this journey to Mm -hmm. probe into these questions and curiosities that you had as a child. I think there was a mixture of things, especially freshman year. All freshmen at Spelman are required to take a course called African Diaspora in the World. Doesn't mm. matter if you are a chemistry major, biology major, everybody takes that. And that is the, mm-hmm. I call the rip the blindfold off course, because we're learning about colonialism. <laughs> we're learning about the true depths mm-hmm. of the horrors yeah. of enslavement. Um, mm-hmm. It's all rooted in like black feminist ideologies mm-hmm. and literatures and you know we're reading France Fanon and all these mm-hmm. folks so it was just like hold up wait a minute like I didn't know there was this whole cornucopia of black thought um being raised on the west coast I was definitely very much exposed to the Black Panthers um, and I mm-hmm. mentioned the film uh, Malcolm X came out when I was around nine or ten mm-hmm. so the, you know there was some of that ethos mm-hmm. but I didn't know the depth of and breadth of our experiences. And mm-hmm. it's very much, again, diaspora-centered. So USCN experiences, Latin American experiences, Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was pissed. Yeah. Like, why? That's a, real, that's a really emotional. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> our stories are so integral to understanding. Mm-hmm. They are not so integral. They are integral right. to mm-hmm. understanding the world as it exists today. Context is mm-hmm. so much important <laughs> context that was just never told 
to us. It it really no changes, intentionally kept from it and buried everything. It changes mm-hmm. everything yeah. about what we all thought that we knew in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that you were honest about how angry that made you because I think I mm-hmm. too was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, right. Y'all oh, so we've been lying. This whole oh we lying. Right. Got it. <laughs> Copy. Copy. We're all clear. Lying like oh we like lying. Intention. Okay. We just not telling oh, the big, truth. Big lies. Okay. Big lies, big lies actually. So then you're leaving class discussing with all your peers. And one of my best friends is Gala from South Carolina, mm-hmm, the Singleton mm-hmm. girl. Shout out to them. And when she started talking, she sounded like my Guyanese out of the family. And I was like, uh-huh. hmm, where are you from? Thinking she's from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm from South Carolina. Hmm. So it was just, there were, again, all these cultures in the U.S., that I had no clue about. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a lot of like the folklore she would share with me, hearing her talk with her sisters. I'm like, I don't understand a word you say. And she was like, you know, Sounded like it's my a dad. dialect. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. right. Yep. But That's I was like, family. you know, as you matriculate, it's like, it's not a dialect, it's its own language um, mm-hmm. and its own unique culture. Cause random phrase I learned later on visiting Jamaica actually it was like what's the difference between a dialect and a language mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're like I don't know syntax you know naming all this random stuff and they're mm-hmm. like an army mm-hmm. wow <laughs> and that's because we that's got people with guns that said it is <laughs> uh-huh. people with guns say that it huh. is period yikes because mm-hmm. what huh. we know is English is an offshoot of Germanic, you know, is yeah, like, Vilkomen. Hello, <laughs> it's true. Oh shit! So Blow this, my mind. segue, us into sort of your mm-hmm. your current work and why it's important for us to think about these things. So I, I feel like you you your story resonates with me so much because I think there's lots of synergy in how we have the opportunity to go and be educated and we sort of are steeped in these these bodies of work and literature and scholarship through our you know proximity to school and graduate school and then you get your degree and it's kind of like well I want this to count and matter for people mm-hmm. beyond this academic space right mm-hmm the academic factory sort of tends to pr- let me produce the next generation of me, but it's like, no, 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 no. What? Like, there's enough of a, that <laughs> happening. I would like what I'm learning to be translated into practice that helps my aunties and my grandma, my cousins, the people around the way. Talk a little bit about that side of your work in terms of being like, okay, I want this to have some real practical application and implication for parenting, for caregiving, for mm-hmm. education. So set us up to learn a little bit more about emancipated. You know, I love theory and conceptual things mm-hmm. and all that. However, when I only live in that space, I become depressed and like more nihilistic. Where can it end? <laughs> where has it ended? And mm-hmm. I need something to like, root myself Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. something material and tangible and that's Mm -hmm. what maroons are and who maroons are for me and i and the concept of maroonage and the practice of maroonage Mm -hmm. is like a rooting mechanism because when it's when i was thinking about okay where can i where can i go (laughs) to Mm -hmm. try to be this person and surround Mm -hmm. myself with these people and really looking at maroonage as a model you know being an educator Mm -hmm. i created this whole uh framework and 
message another one of my friends, another Spelman homie who was a history major. Like, what do you think? She was like, I think it's dope. And most of us haven't even heard who Maroons are. Mm-hmm. So the first product emerged from that, like, because the the whole framework is like awakening, you know, taking the active steps to liberate yourself. I need to change nation building to something else because that's what the hotets use all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little brand management there. Okay. I mean, you got to get in front of the You know, we we, we be a little adjacent. We be a little adjacent. Minus the problematic (laughs) shit, you know? (laughs) You know? (laughs) I always say that. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect description, I think. <laughs> you know, I love the process of unlearning that happens. For sure. Mm-hmm. And what are we yes. rooting ourselves in? Mm. In the relearning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yes. really just mimicking the same patriarchal structures, white heteronormative patriarchal structures of the other. And that's where mm-hmm. my adjacency stops. I'm like, oh, yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Those toxic, <laughs> problematic <clear>. ideologies <laughs> that right. drip in so many of the teachings that mm-hmm. could make a little bit of sense. But anyways, continue on, right. please. <laughs> and so I um, created the cards, hidden history cards. So they, yes. And I, there's a lot of maroon communities that have existed and exist, and I couldn't touch them all. And I didn't want to mm-hmm. try to mm-hmm. attempt to. So just wanted to highlight some themes of maroonage, like self-defense, geographical isolation, spirituality, mm-hmm. kinship networks, and more. Some important people and some important places. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so people mm-hmm. get a taste of what this looked like. And I highlight maroon communities all throughout the Americas because those of us who have heard about maroon communities before have typically maybe only heard about Jamaican folks, like Queen Nanny, mm-hmm. dope as hell. Mm-hmm. I would love to see feature film or series on Queen Anne. Um, And some Palenque is doing in Colombia is really doing a lot of cross-cultural work. So I think Mm -hmm. more and more folks are learning about Palenque, but any place, this is very important to me, any place enslavement existed, there was always resistance and Mm -hmm. rebellion. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes it took on minor forms. One of my friends shared how in South Carolina, a lot of the big homes have their kitchens separate Mm -hmm. because black women were burning down the homes when they were working in the kitchen Mm -hmm. on purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I highlight maroon communities in in this volume, the U.S., Mexico, Panama, Colombia, Brazil, Jamaica, because, you know, wanted to get a taste. Again, everywhere it existed, Mm -hmm. even... Latin American context, which we don't hear about very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I was like, it's, I think part of this is my doing too much aspect of my personality. Like, I'm great for seeing a gap and like, I must be the one to fill the gap. Mm-hmm. So also created a curriculum that goes along with the cards. Mm-hmm. So people can buy the cards separately or buy the whole package. But it's a, I need a new word for curriculum. Maybe y'all can help me out. Because it is really getting back to place-based kinship networks. What does that mean? Just connecting with people where you live, people who can pull Mm -hmm. up when you need them, Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. people you can do things with in that space because that's the era that I grew up in, you know, had a whole bunch of play aunties and play cousins who I didn't know we weren't blood until like dang near middle school or high school Mm -hmm. in some cases. Mm -hmm. I'm asking Mm -hmm. questions like, how is Auntie Anna related? She's not. We worked at GTE together. Yeah. Which is not right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But these are communities that we form. <laughs> and this is why so many, they'd be like, oh, that's my cousin. They'd be like, your cousin, how? That's my play cousin. Like, 
we all have that same we have that same culture running through us. I mean, it feels much more like a toolkit than a curriculum. Yeah. yeah. Nope. There you go. Make that note. Go ahead. But, Get that no, post-it note out. Just, and I think, <laughs> I think those are those are critical things and critical nuances to like very much so the conversations about like you know theory and research to practice because it be it, it be those little tweaks. So it's not mm-hmm. that I'm presenting a curriculum or like a classroom model, but more so some guiding questions <laughs> or like, yes. you know, just some conversation starters, some icebreakers mm-hmm. that will mm-hmm. get us um, along the lines of discussing some things that need to be discussed. How do we broach certain conversations in our communities? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What is one of the things that if I if I am just hearing this episode learning about this whole world of, um, you know, decolonializing history, education, cultural conversation. And I want to sort of get started, but I'm not sure where or how to go about, about that. Like, I know what I learned in school, and I'm pretty sure that I'm not, you know, I don't believe what I was told. But if mm-hmm. I wanted to sort of get pointed in the direction of the truth, what advice would you give me? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I am going to plug my product. Of course. No, we, 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 no, oh, we, we haven't gotten there yet. We're getting there. I would buy the entire Emancipate Ed experience. That's with the toolkit mm-hmm. and the cards because mm-hmm. I think virtual spaces and communities are great. I've connected with a lot of dope ass people virtually. I find the real magic in looking at Maroons, the real magic is when we are in this together in the same Mm -hmm. spaces. I think about like the needs that caregivers have. When my parents were tired, they would just drop us off at at somebody's house and live five minutes away, you know? Yes. And because the toolkit, thank you so much for that, (laughs) is created to like make the implicit explicit. We all have values that we operate from. Mm -hmm. First, we're going to learn about Maroons. Then we're going to tap in what are my own values as an individual, as a family unit, and then as a broader community. And the last part of each activity in the toolkit is to go out there in your community and form a new connection with someone that you're not in relation to. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, we'll tell folks to find a black owned bookstore, try to chat with the owner, a black owned coffee shop, Mm -hmm. or um, find the local sites of resistance that exist. And now, depending on where you live, it's very easy to find where some black folks will do some shit. It might not be easy, but it doesn't have to be just black sites of resistance, indigenous folks. So then through that, kind of getting out there. And we always Mm -hmm. prompt people to do this with other people. So whether it's with your family, invite your play cousins, you're slowly expanding your Mm -hmm. network and not through a formal, I went through this networking thing. I'm just actually talking to the people who live near me Mm -hmm. who have similar values. And they may not have values on the website, but if like Marcus Bookstores is one of, is the oldest black bookstore I think in the nation here in Oakland. Mm -hmm. I know we're aligned and I don't even need to see values on the website. Like they, I know why they were founded and what they're trying to do. And so then Mm -hmm. you go and build relationships with those folks. So that would be my first step. One by the product. But if you don't want to do that, get out and talk to people in your community who are doing things that inspire and motivate you. So black artists, communes and collectives. Mm -hmm. Again, I am privilege to live in Oakland yeah which got black shit all the time rich culture (laughs) and all the places I've lived but you Mm -hmm. know I would also 
see if I lived further, further, further away, yeah. maybe yeah. take a little trip here on a Saturday. Is there a target mm-hmm. audience? Is this like, is this created with a specific group in mind? Is it for teens or is it just for anyone? It's multi-generational. Okay, awesome. So okay. the language is written to where a fifth grader and up can mm-hmm. understand. Okay. And then we okay. have strategies to engage those who are like six and younger. Okay. Which is why the, the pictures on the cards come in handy. So for folks who are working with younger folks who maybe mm-hmm. aren't right quite reading yet, yeah. mm-hmm. we tell a story and like a narrative about Maroons. And then you show people the cards, show the youngins the cards so they can kind of grasp this. And one thing about really young children is they may not have the language and the concepts, but they understand feelings. Mm, Absolutely. We prompt to like, do you remember a time when like mommy hurt your feelings? You know, Mm -hmm. what did you want to do? Kind of pull that out of that, out of them. I wanted to feel loved. I'm just making some stuff up. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we have a variety of prompts depending on the age range that we're engaging because we didn't want it to be, you know, the older folks are sitting around having a good time and the young one is just like bored. Or come, yeah, but it's such interesting information, and I'm glad that it's multi generational because I feel like it's something that needs to be shared. Like you said, you you're not getting the information until getting to college. It's not you're not the only person that that has happened to. That's so many different experiences where. You know, a lot of our eyes were open when we started reading Toni Morrison and sitting through Angela Davis talks and all kinds Mm -hmm. of things. You know what I mean? I was lucky to have a father who was real militant, but that's not always the experience. And so it's it's beautiful that we are able to get that information and that we're able to share that in this way. So I think what you're doing is so important. You about to get two purchases tonight (laughs) off me Mm -hmm. because I'm going to get one for the crib for family game night. And then we're going to get one also. For, I'm going to get one for, for uh, my daughter's school because it's a social justice school. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you guys are, if this is what you're promoting, what your foundation is, then let me hip you to some shit that's really some <laughs> some social justice Absolutely. and some shit that, that is really going to help the kids mm-hmm. out. So I applaud you for what you're doing and how you are uh, instilling this, this education into us as a community. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about fictive kinship? Um, am I saying that correctly? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how it bonds families, you know, with communities as you're talking about community. So it's uh, what I mentioned earlier about like all the play cousins, the play aunties mm-hmm. that we have. So fictive kinship are bonds, close bonds that aren't necessarily blood, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. we form these deep communities. You can almost say clan based communities. And that's how yep. most maroon communities mm-hmm. <laughs> operate. They're mm-hmm. often not all, because it's not, you know, one homogenous way of being a maroon community, but they are mostly matrilineal and clan-based mm. societies. Mm. <clears throat> or, mm. like in the case of Palenque, they're age-based clans called Makwagro. So they're mm. not all blood, but they have a set of responsibilities to each other based on the age group that they're born into <clears throat> in mm-hmm. Palenque mm-hmm. and um, outside of Cartagena in Colombia. So fictive kinship, that those are examples of fictive kinship when you're mm-hmm. connected to people who aren't your blood, but you operate like family. And I actually learned the term way in my doctoral program. One of my best friends, Dr. Daniela Wright, in the, she was in the African-American studies PhD program there. 
I was mentioning something about like a play cousin or something. Or I was like a cousin, mm-hmm. but we're not really blood. She was like, that's what we call fictive kinship crystal. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. new word. Girls in the- okay. <laughs> I love that. So that's what play cousins and play aunties are. That That yeah. is the term for it, fictive kinship. Yeah. I love that. I, I just learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I am, I'm so excited to get into your journey. I want to know a little bit about, um, cause you, you, you talked a little bit earlier about teaching eighth grade and it seems like you've done a great deal of research and you've really, really delved into what it is that you're focused on now. How did that transition happen? Cause that's, that's a transition. So how did that happen? Mm-hmm. I would say a common theme throughout all the things I've done. I don't know. It's just trying to learn how to live the live the thing I want to see. And so when I was an eighth grade teacher, and I didn't understand this at the time, but one of the other teachers, she was like, you know, you teach, you teach this class like a college course. And I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at first mm-hmm. I thought she meant like it wasn't accessible. It was like, no, we're we going to dive deep into some concepts. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we have to do well on the tests because of all mm-hmm. the shenanigans, but mm-hmm. the test is the, the floor, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. going for the ceiling here, so we're going to knock that stuff out right away real quick, and then mm-hmm. we're going to talk about these deeper concepts of freedom. Right. Like one of the two of the – and two examples I guess I could share is early on – you have to teach because it's on the test about like the great enlightenment thinkers, Hobbes mm-hmm. and Locke and all of them. Locke was deeply mm. invested in the slave trade. Deeply. And so mm. how can, so we gonna talk, I talked to my students about that. So yes, here's John Locke and life, liberty, pursuit of property. This is what you need to know for the test. And how did someone who was motivated by logic when he described Africans describe them as having little flat heads and these he was ex- describing non-humanoids that do not mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what does that say about these ideas of liberalism, capital L, and meritocracy? So we were having those kind of conversations. And then Hobbes, mm-hmm. we would talk about, because um, Hobbes was very much people are born greedy, selfish, um, mm-hmm. and live short, you know, what is it? Short, brutal lives. I'm misquoting that. But, and then other people were like, no, people are born a clean slate. So we'd have those discussions. Mm-hmm. And most of my kids would say, and I called them my kids. I didn't birth them, but that's what I call them. Mm-hmm. Of that um, people are born with a blank slate and it's like society and families that mold them. Shapes, yeah. mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's great. What does your religion teach you? Mm-hmm. And at first they'd be like, oh, mm. <laughs> I'm like, how many of us were baptized when we were babies? Mm-hmm. Why? And I didn't push beyond that. Mm-hmm. I just wanted them to start thinking and questioning things that we have normalized. So that's like one example of the type of discussions we would have with my little eighth graders. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause they can cognitively, their brains are there. They just don't have the experience of, to make sense. Some of the experience. Cause some of my mm-hmm. kids experience things that I've never experienced in right, life. Right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can drop more mm-hmm. knowledge and wisdom. So. That's a long, so, okay, yeah, get to get to your question. That's okay, that's okay. I'll be doing the same thing. I'm like, what you ask me again? It's all good. <laughs> how, how, how was that, trend? well, first, actually, I'm not to cut you off, but just mm-hmm. to kind of flow with the conversation, how, what was the response like with you inserting these truths into this curriculum that you had to teach? Because I can imagine there are some parents 
and staff who are like, yes, that's right, into some of the, and I, then I can imagine there's some that's like, now hold the fuck up, which is how <laughs> so much stuff has, we have not been taught in the first place, right? Because people get so uncomfortable about truth. What was the response like to you inserting some of that into your curriculum? Mm-hmm. So it depends on the audience. My kids. Okay. What, what year was this? I only taught. <laughs> right. What year was this? Right. This was 2007 okay. to 2011, 12 ish. Okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm, so, my, mm-hmm. um, and this was in LA, there were a lot, my first year, a lot of protests, um, a lot of immigrant folks protesting, a lot of just the mm-hmm. discrimination and all, like blocking freeways and things. <clears throat> So we had, and I taught mostly black students and Latinx students or Latinx students. Okay. And so we, I would share my, my mom's side is African-American from Texarkana. My dad's side is from Guyana. And so I would share like my immigrant story because a lot of my black students didn't have a connection. Not all. We had some who were of Belizean descent and they were like, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, black people can be immigrants. Immigrant had become so racialized. That they didn't know it was like people moving bodies to, from one nation state to another. So my mm. kids were like primed to question and think critically. Again, long before they had me. Just because they were city kids. You know, they like been mm-hmm. seeing a lot of stuff. Um, parents also had great relationships. I speak Spanish. My Spanish kind of sucks. <laughs> they just appreciated the effort. So there was like an instant... This teacher is trying to get to know me and my culture. Mm-hmm. Black parents automatically, I ooh, I will never forget. First month teaching, one of my black male students, he's just like pushing all the boundaries. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I pull him to the side. I was like, look, I'm giving you multiple warnings. I'm not trying to write you up or anything like that, but I need to talk to your dad. Give me your dad's cell phone number. And he's like, oh, man, this, why you got to do that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's too late now. Got to talk to your dad. <laughs> so I call him on my Riding way home. graders. <laughs> Right. And he's like, the dad opens up. I was like, hi, Miss Menzies, you know, calling about so-and-so, you know, your child. He's like, you know, I'm tired of y'all calling me, you know, talking about what he's doing in this class. And I was like, sir, I'm a black woman who's calling because I see how he's being treated outside of this space. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling because I care. I'm not trying to send him to mm-hmm. detention. I'm not trying to suspend him. I know you as his parent and caregiver can give him what he needs so he can get some act right in my class. I'm trying to level with you. Come on now. His whole tone I'm sure changed. It did. I'm sure it mm-hmm. did. And mm-hmm. from that day, not one problem out of that student. I know and not right. just not one. He wasn't sitting back like, mm. I mean, he became like a model. Like, you need papers passed out, miss? Mm. You need pens passed out, miss? That's a different I didn't thing. ask mm. him what your dad talked to you about. Yeah. <laughs> I would joke on But you know, something you. was talked about. You okay. Get yourself right. together. <laughs> Exactly. That's the kind of relationship I had with my parents when they saw like, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not calling to enforce rules. Mm -hmm. I'm calling Mm -hmm. because I see the potential in this child right here and they not living up to their potential consistently. um, No, I want to build on this conversation about sort of like your classroom practice. We talk a lot about, you know, what it means to sort of resist and to be, to sort of engage in this, act of critical questioning and to think transformatively and to, uh, you know, decolonize, unlearn, learn and unlearn and those kinds of things. And they all sound really good. And when we talk about them here 
in addition to having the conversation, we often like to provide people with like some practical, real life things that we can do to like, how do I get on this journey to doing this work? Because, you know, mm-hmm. like I said before, where do I start? I know that you've done a lot of work around um, supporting black youth and finding the joy, refining the joy in learning. Um, and uh, this concept of, I know the framework, I'm familiar with the framework for community cultural wealth, but can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about how do we get our young people excited about learning again? How do we get people sort of uh, our young people to recognize that they are inherently inherent learners. I think there's so much language out there around educational spaces, not being for everybody. And so a lot of black mm-hmm. kids grow up thinking that school is not for me or success is, yeah. you know, in those conventional ways is not for me. How do we start to reignite that passion and joy for learning that I think is inherent and natural for us as, as black and Brown people, but for so long, that sort of natural pa- fire and passion is trying trying to be stamped out. Mm-hmm. I always go back to storytelling um, and by and letting my students lead with their story. So getting to know them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is OG, you know, Dr. Latson Billings. Yes, <laughs> so, uh, culturally you know, re- responsive pedagogy. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Getting to know your students and not in a superficial, we're going to have one getting to know you session moving along. I'm paying attention to what they're talking about. I'm paying attention to what lights them up when they're in the hallway. Yes. Not just beyond what's happening in my classroom. Mm-hmm. And then I'm bringing that in, in a way that's authentic to yes. me. Cause you can tell when you perform in, Oh, she know we like rap. She's going to start rapping. You, I have never rapped a day in my life in a classroom. <laughs> <laughs> that, ain't my that is not my ministry. No, you get <laughs> <laughs> but I speak A-A-B-B-E. I talk to my kids like I would talk to them if we were at a backyard barbecue mm-hmm. and there was somebody's mm-hmm. cousins at the house. Um, and I use a lot of humor, too. And so in the way my brain works, I see relationships a lot of ways. So my kid might say something random and they'd be like, oh, he's always off topic. And I'm like, but actually, that's related to this random thing. Mm-hmm. But my kids loved learning those random things. And then you mm-hmm. take that. Now they're in. OK, now we're going to get back to this lesson here real quick. But then how do we then tie that random connection back to the lesson? And now the work that they're supposed to produce have them reflect and think. Mm, mm, I love that. Mm, Storytelling, making connections with your students, um, deep connections in ways that are authentic to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And recognize you're dealing with human Mm -hmm. being. Um, I have ADHD, as I mentioned before we started talking. I'm not going to sit still. So why would I expect a Mm 13-year-old to sit still for two hours? Yes. So I would build in a lot of movement in my classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that helpful for you as well? For me as well, because I also, I used to tell them, I was like, listen, I didn't become a teacher to lecture to y'all all day long. Mm-hmm. I know this stuff, okay? So I was my learning, my teaching style was very much, was much more like inquiry-based. Um, and then like we tie it. So there's like a, a seed that's planted at the beginning to like mm-hmm. rock their world a little bit, like about like the religion discussion or mm-hmm. did you know that this president that we idolized also did this thing here? And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we gonna learn the 
the top of the shelf stuff right now, but then we're going to get to the bottom <clears throat> right. at the end. So they're like looking forward to the, to the right. tea at the end of the mm-hmm. class. <laughs> I love that. I love keeping them intrigued. Be like, okay, mm-hmm. stay tuned for educational shade room coming yeah. later. I'm going to give you all stay tuned for part two. <laughs> no, but that, that's so key. And it makes helps yes. to know that the knowledge that they have is valuable as well. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not Absolutely. like we're only going to come in here and talk about what I think is important, but I want you guys to feel like you can also bring things to the conversation to make the content relevant to you and your world where mm-hmm. you are right now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. I can't wait um, for everybody to, to get a hold of what you're putting out there. Before we sign off, is there anything else that you want to share with the masses as it pertains to uh, the, what, what do we say, the toolkit <laughs> or, or anything else that you're doing? Let, let them know, Crystal. Oh, well, like I said, I could talk about this all day. I have so many more But I would say <laughs> what I'm trying to do here <laughs> is plant little seeds mm. of rebellion. Like, how mm-hmm. do you feel to know that there were these communities who fought wars against colonial plantation society to eradicate slavery from the earth? Mm. What does that one little nugget do to you? And so I created this product because I wanted these little nuggets and seeds to sprout something bigger within us to understand we already have everything we need Mm. to create the systems and the space that we want to exist. And that's Mm -hmm. not pie in the sky stuff because I'm definitely not an optimist. It's we're starting small. We're starting local. And then maybe we build from there. Is it, is it also about sort of helping people to see, because I'm curious now, like, <laughs> I'm also thinking, like, our concept of what it means to be rebellious may be very limited or small. Mm-hmm. Like, being rebellious mm-hmm. doesn't have to mean one thing. Burning right? down a house. Right. There are many mm-hmm. ways to embody this act of rebellion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those ways you know, are are just as powerful, even if they are not as confrontational or Mm -hmm. loud or in your face, Mm -hmm. but it's helping people to think. And and, because I mean, you know, as I think about even learning more about these maroon communities, they all, like you said, existed in very different ways. So there were some that were like, you know, ready to stir up some stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there there were some that were a little less, they were more, maybe, I don't know what word I'm looking for, clandestine. It was like a secret operation. Yeah. yeah it wasn't, it wasn't as outwardly rah-rah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let you think that we being compliant, but God right. bless your heart. We are not. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the start of some things. No, but yes, thank you so much. This has been a very enlightening yeah. conversation. We wanted to shake things up. It's Black History Month. We have the same kind of conversations over and over again. How do we help um, our audience and our communities sort of be on the brim of yes learning more with learning more about all the depth and breadth of blackness that exists in the world, both in history and in the present and into the future. So thank you yes. for for being our host and guide this week as we learn a little bit more about uh you know these maroon communities and how to sort of take those Absolutely. principles of rebellion into our everyday practice. So appreciate you. 
Absolutely. We're going to have Crystal's website um, and Instagram um, and a recent interview on decolonizing parenting uh, linked in the description box so that you all can check out all of her work. But before we go, Crystal, do you want to give them that website verbally here first? Yes. The website is emancipatededucation.com and Instagram is emancipate underscore ed. All right. So you all heard it, but all of that information will be linked in the description box. Crystal, we're super, super, super grateful for you. We hope that you actually come back because I know you're going to create even more content with all of this brilliance that you that you have. So I know you're going to be creating more and we'd love for you to come back and share even more with us. Absolutely. Mm All right. Make sure you all stay tuned for the next segment and make sure that you check out the Patreon where we're going to have a little bit more of Dr. Crystal, but we're going to have a little fun with it. So you all stay tuned. Thanks again to Target and the Tabitha Brown for Target Vegan Food and Kitchen Collection for supporting this week's Kitchen Table Talk segment. Tabitha Brown brightens days like no one else. Now, the actress, vegan and social media phenomenon is partnering with Target to bring the world more vibrance, candor and joy. With delightful everyday favorites for the kitchen and pantry, her latest limited time collection will bring love to every gathering. Vegan eating isn't boring if you have a little fun with it. Try new and unexpected recipes and experiment with ingredients you've never tried. Check out the Tabitha Brown for Target vegan food and kitchen collection now at Target locations and Target.com for a limited time only. Target is proud to celebrate Black History Month with its first 100% Black-owned or designed collection created by Black artists, designers, entrepreneurs, and team members. This year, find inclusive sizes up to 4X in bold, ready-to-wear collections from Black creators like Sammy B or life-affirming quotes from Rayo and Honey to surround yourself with inspiration. Discover the collection in-store and online at Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure. I deserve All right. So in self-care this week, um, I don't have anything tedious or uh, too deep. <laughs> um, I went to dinner with the homies and after a very long week, uh, a very cold week, it was extremely cold this weekend, um, you know, and just taking care of responsibilities for the family and stuff like that. And also just trying to line things up for myself. Uh, Babisha made a dinner reservation uh, at 9.30 p.m. for a restaurant that we wanted to try (laughs) and because that was the only reservation available. And so... Uh, Bobby, myself, Crystal Jean, and Antoinette all went to dinner last night at 9.30. Uh, Antoinette picked me up and she was like, bitch, it's late. And I was like, bitch, if dinner was at 9, it would have been late. She was like, you feel me? <laughs> so, but I'm glad I went because it ended up being phenomenal. You know, I'm I'm really loving trying these different chefs and, you know, what they're doing with their food, innovating their food. Um, and it's nice to spend time with our friends and you know, have cocktails and be adults and just go out for an evening. And so 930 or not, I got my ass up and I went and I was glad I did. And that was my self-care this week. Awesome sauce. I love that. Uh, similarly, um, I had the opportunity, one of my close friends from undergrad uh, is having another baby. And Aww. so there was a small 
baby shower for family and friends. Um, and it was very much giving sort of the baby sh- the baby showers of old that we've been yes. reminiscing about here lately. Yes. Um, and the only difference was that we did not have sort of the conventional baby shower foods. Uh-huh. Um, we just, it was, it was, you would have loved it. It was just like charcuterie for miles oh. and miles. Like they literally like took this very long, like the length of the room. They're like, there was a, um, a bar, the length of the room, uh-huh. and the whole bar was just laid out with all kinds of spreads and cheeses and yes. crackers and smoked meats and yes. macarons and yes. chocolate and dried fruits. Come and on, presentation. There was a shrimp salad and and sa- smoked salmon and I love it. olives and all kinds of Ugh. wonderful things. It was really great. An awesome, awesome affair. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but what was the the black woman self care of me was uh, for me was I got to sit with uh, my friend's oldest sister and uh, her aunties, so mm-hmm. I got to have some good auntie time, um, and just sort of sit around. I don't often get uh, the opportunity to sit around um, older black women as much as I would like to, mm-hmm. but I just love sometimes sitting around a, gr- a group of older women, wives, moms, aunties, grandmas, and just listening, like yeah. not saying much, but yeah. just listening to them, their lives, what is priority and top mm-hmm. of mind for them is always like so interesting to me mm-hmm. um their commentary mm-hmm. you know i mean they spoke for about 40 minutes about the cake <laughs> like, just, oh this cake is marvelous it's so moist now do you think this is a buttercream <laughs> I think it's too sweet to be a buttercream it might be an actual like i mean i mean i mean 40 40 minutes now it's so light. Now, do you think they soak this cake, or is that so? Is that lemon extract you think, <laughs> or some zest? Somebody put some zest down in there. Oh, that's so good. And you know, this smoked salmon—it has fresh black peppercorn on it. You should get you a piece of that, young lady. Run up there and get me one of those macrons. What is it? Is that what it's called? A macron? Yes. Get me one of those. I just, I just love. Oh yes, that is my type of time. So now, what is it that you do? Wonderful work. Tell me more about that. Like it's it's just so good. Oh, that's good to my spirit. It was very good to my soul. Mm. Okay, and so you all went to undergrad together. Wonderful, and you live here now. Amazing. (laughs) Like it was just, it was just such a good, good. A good black time. Yeah. A good black time. Yeah. And it was what, because I don't, you know, my family is not based here. Mm-hmm. I don't get a chance to be around my real aunties. Mm-hmm. So any occasion that I have to just sort of sit up under some authentic black space, be in mm-hmm. community with, you know, elders and people mm-hmm. who are my mom's age and that kind of thing. I don't get a lot of that. So it was just yeah. really good. Really. It was so fun. Yeah. Um, you know, and I felt no way. I'm like, I'm sitting at the table with the aunties and this is where I belong. And that feels your spirit. Yeah. It just feels your spirit. Yeah. I love it that. It was good. 
That's a that's a perfect black woman self-care. I love that this week. I love that. Well, let's break up that party and head on over to these petty peas. Let's get negative. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey. All right. So, you know, my petty peeves and my self-cares usually are hand in hand or sometimes. Um, There's an alignment. Oh, you know, there has to be a balance. So we're on our way to uh, dinner, Antoinette and I. And there is a person who is extremely impatient. So, I mean, when I tell you the light will be red turning green, they're honking the horn. So it was like, oh, they're unwell. Okay, don't Mm. you can't react to people like that because they they don't have any any good sense. So he does this several times. He's riding her ass, you know, all that. And then he does the zoom around. And he and so we're at a red light. And I'm like, okay, well, good. Now he can just go, right? Because you clearly had somewhere to be. Then he puts the the car and and uh he puts the hazards on at the light. Then he sits at that light because he wants us to go around him and we see him reach over on the passenger side. And he wants us to go around him. And I'm like, nah. Nope. And Antoinette's like, nah. No. I'm like, mm We're just going to, no, no. We're just going to let him go and do whatever it is he needs to do. So finally, when the light has like six seconds left, he speeds off. So we just like inch real slow. Like we just going to go real quiet and try to go another direction, another route. But the way that we're going, we have to go in the same way. But then at a certain point, we'll be able to cut off. And he pulled over and we, and I said, Antoinette, pull over. Like, we're not, like, we're not gonna, it's not a fear thing. It's being smart because people can be very unwell. Um, And then finally he went on about his business and we were fine. But I was so irritated because I was like, you caused all kinds of like where we have to take all kinds of precautions to watch our safety. As black women, we constantly have to watch our safety anyway. And here you're all because you're impatient and your spirit is nasty and you don't like the speed or whatever that somebody is driving. So you decide that I not only do I like that, but I'm now going to I'm going to cause uh, fear by acting in an irrational manner. And I just I just really hope that that motherfucker has the day that he deserves or that the day that they deserve. And that bitch ass Corolla. I really, I really hate I really hate that. um you know, we talked about this even around Antigua, like the ease with which, <laughs> like, it's just like the the ease with which people mm-hmm. um it seems like there's such an ease and comfortability around how how people can even act like they're going to be harmful or yep. dangerous to us specifically. Mm-hmm. Like it is literally like it goes without saying almost that um, in certain instances, people can and will mm-hmm. just be harmful. Like, yep. 
and scary and threatening. And it's mm-hmm. almost like they do it and it's like, ain't nobody going to check me. So I'm going to say what I want to say to you. And do what ain't I want to do. Happen. Mm-hmm. So, so I can say whatever I want to say and you're going to deal with it. I just, it, it was really it, scary. It was scary, but it was frustrating because it was like, nobody yelled out the window at you. Nobody threw nothing at your car. Nobody had words with you. This is all off of you and your impatience. And now you want to instill fear in addition to just spreading your nasty spirit around the streets. Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was just really irritated by that. And like I said, I really wished, wished them to have the day that they deserve, including whatever, you know, should happen to that car. Let it happen. Um, but that was my petty peeve. It's just people who are just nasty and hateful for no reason. Nasty and hateful for no reason. Um, yes, I'm talking about you, Kimberell. No, okay. Anyway, go ahead. (gasps) (laughs) Um, my petty peeve is not necessarily petty, but just as, I mean, not, I don't know what I want to say. My petty peeve is for like the whatever is causing my headphones to just randomly <laughs> is what is really I on know. my very last nerve today. Like several times while we've been recording, my headphones will just opt out. They yeah. will just they will just stop working. It is a outright refusal. They walk off the job. They have. And I just have to troubleshoot in real time and try to get them back and they come back. But it's very much like, girl, well, why are you They've leaving? They've quit several times today. Like, very much my man has two jobs. I don't need this job. And I don't understand what is happening because all of these are new headphones. They are plugged directly into my computer. I don't understand. We've not had this issue ever before. Mm-mm. And so today, I mean, it's just a show out spirit and I don't like it. It is. It is. They're showing their little asses, but we made like it through it yet bit. another episode of Getting Grown. Yes, Technical difficulties in all. We thank Great you all are. for uh, for staying tuned and, you know, listening to the show in its entirety and supporting us week after week. Shout out to Dr. Crystal Menzies coming through yes. with some really important uh, knowledge that we as a people could definitely stand to pay attention to and take in so make sure you all check out all those links in the description box we thank her very very much for coming and sharing her energy here on the show and sister go ahead take them out tell them what to do much appreciated uh uh dr menzies and Mm -hmm. thank you everyone for listening to the show and being a part of our community our audience happy black history month to you all oh yeah oh this is our first show of black history month isn't it Technically, yes. That's yes, right. it is. And we are very excited to be here, uh, excited to host an awesome conversation where we're thinking about the full depth and breadth of blackness, not just sort of limiting it, limiting it to sort of the conventional ways that we talk about history. Nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that, but just sort of saying we want to expand the conversation here yes. at Getting Grown. Thank y'all for being a part of it here with us and we look forward to reconvening next week in the meantime make sure that you are moisturizing your mind by attending to the business that is yours and yours alone make sure you are moisturizing your largest organ your skin darling and all of your other internal organs by drinking as much of the lord's water as you possibly can at all times 
hydration is really the key. It's key. the only one. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, you want to make sure that you are moisturizing your skin because your black will crack if it's dry. Or if you follow me on the street, you dirty motherfucker. Okay, have a good day, everybody. Scary. Okay, bye.